Hello, this is Miss Babin, and this is episode 18, part two, on Huey, Earl, and Edwin. And in our last episode, we stopped uh, just being introduced to Huey P. Long. And Huey P. Long, as we said there, was raised in Wynn Parish, which was a hotbed of populism, and there had actually been socialists there as well. And Huey P. Long was raised on this uh, idea and in the environment with people who could not stand um, the elites that they felt came from South Louisiana and Central Louisiana and felt that they were terribly unfair and that um, because of them, everyone else in Louisiana suffered, especially the poor. And that is because they had they viewed them as taking everything. And so Huey Long, who was raised in this environment, this is these beliefs are instilled within him. But Huey Long is also extremely, extremely intelligent. As we said, does not believe a rule, a rule should apply to him. And on top of that is unbelievably ambitious. And he has the, the will and the determination to do whatever he feels he needs to, to achieve his goals. So remember, one thing about Huey Long that can be said, and people who knew him said it, that he never did anything that he had not calculated how it was going to help him. So he would, that was just how he saw the world. It was the kind of person he was. So Huey Long, Long becomes a lawyer with the help of his brother, who under special conditions got him into law school at Tulane. Remember, Huey had not graduated high school because he hadn't done everything he needed to do. Huey had not gone to college because he chose to be a traveling salesman instead, which gave him a background that helped him. But with his brother's encouragement and help, he was able to get into Tulane Law School as a special student and within one year knew enough, understood enough that he could take the Louisiana bar exam, which is necessary for someone to become a lawyer. Well, not long after that, um, he was a married man now, and in 1918, he decided to run for political office, and he ran for the Railroad Commission, which was a brand new commission set up just a couple of years before, and the purpose of the Railroad Commission is that it was to monitor all of shipping in and through Louisiana, so for example, Railroads, they were going to be monitored by this commission. Pipelines, the telegraph, the telephone, which is a brand new um, invention at that time. All of these things were coming out at the same time. And so Louisiana created a commission to monitor how all of this traveled through the state. So this is a really powerful and important commission to be a part of. So Long wins election onto this commission. And one of the things that comes to his attention very quickly is Standard Oil. Well, of course, Standard Oil is shipping oil on railroads and on pipelines throughout Louisiana. But Standard Oil had gone to the legislature and with their lobbyists, they had gotten a law passed, legislation passed, that excluded Standard Oil from monitoring by the Railroad Commission. 
And Huey Long, when he saw this, he did not agree with it. And it was for him a golden opportunity, and he grabbed it with both hands. Huey Long went after Standard Oil, talking about how unfair they were, and that they were taking advantage of the state, and they were manipulating the legislature to get their own way, and that these people, these Democrats who were in charge of the legislature were not doing what was right for the people. And he never was able to stop Standard Oil. But what it did was it made Huey Long very popular. People knew who he was, and it made a name for him throughout the state. So in 1924, just a couple of years after being on the um, Railroad Commission, he runs for governor. And Huey Long does things in this uh, campaign that no one had ever done before. Huey Long changes campaign tactics forever. Listen to some of the things he does. Well, one of the things that he did was he sent out flyers and mail outs to people. Just went until the next election. Start noticing how many things come through the mail. Huey Long was the first person to ever do that. He actually traveled all over the state. He went to the most remote parts of the state, and Huey Long was the first person running for a political office that many people had ever seen. So he is the first person who reached out to people, especially in the rural regions. He would go to these towns and villages, and he would give tremendous speeches. His most famous is the Evangeline speech, which shows what a great speaker he was. He used the radio, which was, again, brand new. And so he used the newest forms of mass media for the time. He is the first politician who does that. And people hear him and they start to connect with him. Because remember, he was a good salesman. He spoke in a very plain language that everyone could understand what he meant and what he was saying. And he used humor. Oh my gosh, did he use humor. He would make fun of his opponents and ridicule them. One man had kind of a long, slim neck and he called him turkey neck. Another one uh, had curly hair. He called him kinky because his hair would kink up when the weather was humid. He made fun of people. And the thing is, you've got to understand the people at the time, they knew it for what it was. They knew he was making fun of these people. They knew there was a tiny bit of truth in what he was saying, but that what he, in this humor, he was drawing a comparison between himself to his opponents. And the people got it and they enjoyed the humor for what it was. But they realized that that was a political technique. Today, when this is done, people don't always react that well. It's, oh, you mustn't do that or you're being cruel. But back in the 1920s, and we're going to even see into the 1970s and 1990s, people, especially people in Louisiana, they saw it for what it was, and they, they recognized the purpose and the value of it. One of the things that Huey Long did was he made people feel important. And these were people who had felt that they were bypassed and overlooked. Remember his background. That is who he, those kind of people at the middle and lower classes of Louisiana are who he is reaching out to. 
Huey Long loses the election in 1924, and he loses for two reasons. Number one, on the day of the election, it was a terrible, terrible thunderstorm. And people who lived out in the countryside literally could not get to the polls to vote. The other thing is, at the time, remember, Jim Crow laws and segregationist laws and practices are in place. The other candidates spoke about this, and they spoke out against it. But Huey Long made a political decision to not touch the issue. He never talked about how unfair it was. You've got to understand the Longs were not racist and they were not segregationist. But Huey Long made a calculated political decision here. And this time it was a mistake. People believe that since he did not talk about it at all, that and the bad weather cost him the election. In 1928, he runs again. Because remember, under the Constitution, a governor cannot serve two terms back to back. So it's a new election. And in 1928, he is better prepared. He has cultivated support among his faction of the Democratic Party. And he speaks very directly and very specifically on a number of issues. And he is elected governor. And this time will usher in a tremendous moment of time and a turning point in Louisiana history. Huey Long is a controversial figure. There is no doubt about it. So when we talk about Huey Long, we've got to talk about the pros and the cons. What did Huey Long do that were the pros? Well, the first thing he does is he breaks the the bourbon rule. He breaks that slave plantation system control of Louisiana government and society. He breaks it. With his election, he ends it. It will not come back again. So he undoes all of those hundreds of years of control in this one election. One of the things that he does that is important is he has natural gas piped into New Orleans and into the homes and businesses of people there. People there had not had any way to light their homes and businesses or warm them with natural gas. Uh, In Louisiana, when he became governor, another thing that he did is in Louisiana, there were 300 miles of paved roads, 300 miles total. That means most of the roads in Louisiana, when it rained, were completely impassable for days that it was not uncommon for someone driving a car to need a farmer to pull them out with their cattle from the muck and the the muddiness of the road. By the time Huey Long is out of uh, the governorship, there will be almost 3,000 miles of road paved in Louisiana, 3,000 from 300. Now, this is going to cut travel and shipping time in half. It will save people time and it will save people money. It was a huge improvement. Um, one of the things that he does is he will um, he has railroads built and restarted in Louisiana. He actually puts a lot of money into LSU. In the 1920s, when Long is governor, right before that, LSU had moved from Pineville to Baton Rouge. And Long wanted it to be a top-notch university. So he put a lot of money into LSU to make it the best it could be. 
Uh, He started an adult reading and writing and math education program. So all of these people who were poor and illiterate, some of whom who should have been given education during Reconstruction, he actually started to help an adult education program begin. He is a person who said free textbooks for schools. Um, And he had the law written to where the law said the textbooks go to the children of the state of Louisiana. The law is still written that way. And because it is written that way, now all uh, public and non-public schools can get textbooks. We don't get all of our textbooks free at St. Thomas More, but we get some financial assistance for them. It is because of Huey Long writing the law this way. He started a graduated income tax, which meant people paid income tax on their salary, not just a flat rate. He started with what's called what's called homestead exemption. That cuts people's property taxes. He expanded charity hospital in New Orleans. And he tripled the size of it to take care of people who were indigent and needed help. He started LSU Medical School. And LSU Medical School provided the best medical training available at the time. Always the best. If he was going to have something in Louisiana, it was going to be the best. He reformed care uh, in institutions for disabled children. He also reformed care in institutions for the mentally ill. He did things that others had simply not done before. Think of his background and whom he is trying to help. Now, here are the cons. Well, if you were Huey Long's political enemy, his goal was to destroy you. He would smear them. He would say things to the press and the media about people that he knew were not true, but were calculated to get a negative response and ruin people's careers. So he he had no, no, um, no holds barred is what you would say. He was going to go out. He went after them. He is identified as being dictatorial, and he even said, yeah, I'm a dictator. It's okay for me to be a dictator as long as the people who voted for me gave me the permission to do this. He really felt that way about it. What do I mean by dictatorial? Well, he literally had the legislature write laws that took authority under the Constitution away from the local governments and gave it to him. He took Uh, powers away from some of the departments throughout the state government and had it all centered in his hands. He wanted all power, all decision-making, all authority under his direct control. He used the spoils system to give people uh, positions and jobs. And what that means is once he was elected, he gave jobs in the government only to those people who supported him, and in his case, only to his most loyal supporters. So again, control back to him. He actually um, broke the rules of the legislative process. He would literally go onto the floor of the Senate and House chambers when they were debating legislation, and he'd walk up and down the aisles and tell the legislators what they had to vote, what they needed to vote for, how they needed to vote. And that way he got all of the legislation that he wanted passed. And then there are the deduct boxes. I'm going to tell you something. The deduct boxes are flat out illegal. Back then, and you've got to remember when he is president 
uh, I'm sorry, governor, it's 1928. And in 1929, the depression starts. People are desperate for jobs. And what the deduct boxes were are what he used to get money. And what would happen is people who had state jobs, and remember, people needed to keep jobs. There were very few of them. What would happen is when people were paid, they were paid in cash, and they would get what was called their pay packet, an envelope with their salary in it for the week or the two weeks. When it was payday, some of Long's men would show up. That's what they were called, Long's men. And they would have with them a locked box with a slit cut in the top. And as everyone was paid, they lined up to get their pay packet. And then they stepped over and they took a deduction from their salary and put it in the deduct box. And it was called the people making a contribution to Huey Long's future campaigns. That's how they got it done. Now, we all know what was going on because what happened is if someone didn't make a contribution to the deduct box, they did not have a job the next week. Was this real? I know it was real because one of my uh, relatives in past generations had a job during the Depression for the state, and they talked about having to do this. It was done all over Louisiana. Interestingly enough, nobody ever knows exactly how much money he got. Nobody ever knows exactly where it went. And when Long died, the deduct boxes were never found. So Long was actually, oh, he also formed the Bureau Bureau of Investigation. The Bureau of Investigation was Long's private police force. And he could use them however he wanted throughout the state, and he did. So we see why some people call him a dictator. He was impeached by the Senate, by there was enough of the anti-Longs, people who were against the Longs were called anti-Longs, to impeach him. But Long coerced, meaning forced, 15 senators, and some of them were his supporters, but some of them he forced, to sign a letter saying that they would never vote to impeach him, which means he could be removed from office. That 15 were just... You know, it meant that his opponents, the anti-Longs, would never get a majority to impeach him. So his impeachment stopped. But after this, Long became even harder on people. And one of his famous quotes after the impeachment was, I'm a dynamiter. I used to try to use logic and reason with these people. But after this, I'm a dynamiter. I'm just going to dynamite them all out of my way. That was how he acted. Well, Long, I told you, was ambitious. His ambitions went beyond Louisiana. In 1930, when he is still governor, he runs for U.S. Senate, and he, of course, wins. He does not take office until 1932. He will not take his oath as a senator until 1932 because he wants to stay in Louisiana, run things, and make sure that he handpicks the person who's going to succeed him. And he does. So Long becomes a senator in, and goes and starts fulfilling that responsibility in 1932. His successor is O.K. Allen, who um, was also a Longite. Longites are the people who supported Long. And um, as a U.S., uh, they call, his name was Oscar K. Allen, but some people called him O.K. because they said, he said O.K. to anything Huey wanted. When Long was a senator, he would 
force the legislature to go into special session whenever he came back into town. So he could make sure that they passed all the laws that he wanted. So what you need to understand is, even though he's senator, he's still running Louisiana. As a senator, he did things his own way. He would filibuster, give long speeches to stop any legislation that he wanted. He did not work. He did not take the attitude of other new senators that he needed to learn how to be a senator. No, what Long did was he had his own goals and he spoke directly to the people. He went all over the country giving speeches. He went on the radio and gave speeches telling people about his ideas. He was building his name recognition all over the country. And he had an idea called Share Our Wealth. And this was Long's idea of how to take care of the country during the Depression. And Long believed that the way to stop the Depression was redistribution of wealth. And what that means is Long decided on a dollar figure of how much wealth a person could have. And if a person had more money than that, then his attitude was that the rest of their money, the rest of their property should be taken from them and given to others. This is called redistribution of wealth and redistribution of income. And Long is the first person who proposed that idea which today is called a socialistic idea. He wanted there to be free college education for everybody. Sound familiar? And other things of that nature. And of course, he never said who was going to pay for it. But that was what he started to sell to people. And throughout the country, people who were desperate, who were hungry, loved this. And they listened to it because they felt it was actually going to help them become uh, solvent again. Long was making people believe he was making a bid to be president and run against Roosevelt, who was president at the time. Uh, Roosevelt took some of Long's ideas and put them into the New Deal, but he never went as far as Long did. Well, all this came to an end on September 9th and 10th, 1935. Long was in town at the state capitol, and a man, Dr. Carl Weiss, is believed to have assassinated him. They believe Weiss shot him because Long was. Uh, passing legislation to have Weiss's father-in-law, a Judge Pavey, a Longite, removed from office. And Long had been after him and saying things about him in the media in his typical way. What happened to Long is that Long was shot and he was taken to the Our Lady of the Lake Hospital, the original one near the Capitol, and they removed the bullet, but they did not see that it nicked his kidney. And the next day on September 10th, he died of internal bleeding. Now, some people say that they do not know if Long was actually killed by Weiss because there's controversy and evidence of whether or not even Weiss had a gun. But And Weiss was shot over 70 times by Long's bodyguards. Some people believed that, in fact, Long's bodyguards may have accidentally shot him and did not know it. But with the end of Long's life... Again, there's a void in the political system, and it's not going to really be filled until Earl Long, Huey's brother, becomes governor a little over 10 years later.